recording Beth here. Uh, I just wanted to pop in and quickly say that you will probably notice a distinct lack of Jamie theories in this week's episode, uh, 302, The Kids Are Alright. That's actually because Jamie spent so much time theorizing during this episode that I actually decided to cut it out and make it its own separate episode. So if you're thinking, hmm, seems like there's something missing from here, or like if I've forgotten to take out a part where we reference something that we actually haven't talked about yet, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to quickly put a little heads up. There's going to be a second episode regarding Jamie's theories that have specifically been spawned from this episode of Supernatural. So I'm going to release it concurrently. It'll be out by the time you're hearing this. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. That was so perfectly the vibe for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only the only way it could have been possibly any better is if you could have done it specifically to the theme of a nursery rhyme. Yeah. I think. <laughs> but I don't think and I shut my cake off. It's not quite long no. enough. No. Anyway, on today's episode we are going to be covering the second episode of the third season of Supernatural mm-hmm. titled The Kids Are Alright. Yeah. Jamie, what did you think? I'm just going to start at the beginning of the episode and just work my way through. We'll probably jump a bit, but like... Yeah, this Let's... is always how we start. We start at the beginning of the episode and then we just fuck around from there. Completely <laughs> disregard everything else. So the first scene yeah. is, of course, with the two parents and, like, Shared I don't custody. want to stay with my dad. Like, there's monsters there, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'm right in my prediction. Maybe it is a ghost. It's not. It's not. Spoiler alert, it's not a ghost. <laughs> so she goes back to her mother's, which is, like. Which, nice to see parents who are separated. Yeah. Who are still on good terms and speak well of each other with yeah. the kids. Like, she does the whole, like, you know, it's your dad's turn. And, like, he loves you and he misses yeah. you. And, you know. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that. Like That's nice. Yeah. But then he immediately dies on the table saw. Which, yeah. uh, I have a couple of questions about Absolutely. that scene. Absolutely. Fire away. The table saw is, like, maybe five centimetres off the table, right? Like, so that's how far it protrudes out. That's how far that blade is sticking out, Yeah, I'd right? say somewhere between five to ten. Five to ten. Right. For some reason, he has blood coming out the front of his chest. He fell on his back on the table saw. For the drama, Jamie. For the fucking drama. And he's bleeding. There is no way in hell that saw cut all the fucking way through his torso. Like, it's capable, but it's not deep enough to be able to get all the way through. Like, there is no way that man. Maybe he's just a very thin noodle man. Now what I'm imagining is he's one of those, like, fucking blow-up or car sales waiting things. Like, I love that we both did the arm motion that no one can see but us. But one day we will switch to a visual podcasting format. We'll do a Facebook Live. And people will be able to appreciate the splendor of gestures. us sitting on your bedroom floor with a microphone between us and doing the car sales motion. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up that scene. I also had a note for that scene, but my note yeah. was... For prior to him falling and dying, yeah. which by the way, just bleh, that just his the way he it was just gross. No I, thanks. <laughs> it was gross. I hated it. Like it was very effective. Yeah, which is why I hated it. Yeah, like it made me feel disgusting. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I hate that. But prior to his death, the blade turns on by itself, yeah. which is already like mm, even if it's not like a supernatural thing, it's like. That's a dangerous electrical fault. So I wouldn't be wanting to get myself too close to that. This man, like, goes over, puts his face level with the fucking blade. Is inspecting it. I'm, like, freaking out. He turns it off. Okay. 
He goes, he leaves, he turns off the light, he closes the door. Why wouldn't you unplug it at that point? Right? It turns back on. He comes back and again puts his face at eye fucking level with this blade. I'm like, sir, you need to step away from the heavy machinery. And then he tries to and then, of course, he slips and falls and dies. Oopsie doopsies. Oopsie doopsies. I hated it. I hated it. It was awful. And, like, every time he put his face near the blade, I was like, ah! Like, I was did not care for it. Didn't care for it, and then he died. So, let's move on from uh, the first scene because I think not a whole lot. It, it was fine, but I was just very confused. It's not hugely important. It's yeah. just the way he died was both disgusting and confusing. I yeah, I was just very confused by the way it looks like they've tried to make it like seem like they're implying that it's cut all the way through his chest. Yeah, it's like but it just doesn't seem deep enough to be able to actually do that. While we're talking about just some baffling things in this episode. <laughs> The second house they visit, the other confirmed accidental death oh, the of the father with the ladder. Yeah. Why is the ladder still there? I'm... Like, this lady's husband has presumably died, like, a week ago. Because, like, you got to remember. This happened prior to This happened to before the... the table saw death. Yeah. You, I'm going to assume it's been at least a week since this lady's husband fell off the ladder and died. Why is the ladder still there? See, it's funny that you say fell off the ladder and died. Because if you listen to the dialogue, that's not how he fucking died. Well, then why are you looking at the ladder? It makes it more baffling, okay? Because she says, like, Sam's like, what happened? And she's like, I don't know. I wasn't home. Well, actually, she says that afterwards, but it's not the point. She wasn't home. She said he was changing a light bulb when he must have lost balance and fallen out the window. So... Because the window is boarded up with, like, chipboard, you assume what's happened is he's somehow fallen from a ladder inside the house, somehow tripped and smashed through a window, which, like, I don't know if anyone's hit a window recently, but, uh... They're not exactly easily smashable. Like, unless you're coming at that with, like, a A hammer. Yeah, like... Me tripping and falling into a window is not going to smash the window. Like, you would have to come at the window with a chair. And then yourself. Like, you would have to throw... But also, where is he? Where is the light position in the room to be able to fall through the window? I don't know. Because, like, generally speaking, light bulbs are in the light, in the the centre of the room. Like, they're not often, like... On so the edges. Unless so, the entire ladder has fallen back. Maybe, because then maybe the ladder hit the window and, and then, like, smashed the window and then he he's fell. He's gone through. That is the only possible scenario I can think of. And it is so outrageous. But then it improbable. still begs the question, why is there just a ladder chilling? I assume that ladder is from putting up the, the board, that's, the chipboard that's covering the now broken window. But... Again, it's been a week. Yeah. You've used that light, and I'm assuming you would have boarded up that window on the first or second night after your husband passed. Like, because you're not just leaving a smashed window, letting all the cold air or the hot air. I don't know what season this is filming. (laughs) I don't know how hot or cold the air is. But I'm assuming you're not just leaving that open for, like, wildlife to get in. Well, I assume that's why they've got the chipboard there. So I'm I'm thinking what's probably happened. And because Sam was also posing as, like, life insurance Sam. Yeah. And so I assume that she's still in the process of figuring out, like, who's how the insurance is going to cover mm. the window repair. Like, maybe it happened on a weekend or there was a public holiday or something. Like, who knows? Or maybe it's just, like, they're not, not the most important job. Mm. Like, they've clearly got it covered. Right? As long as it wasn't a safety hazard, it's fine. You know what it is a safety hazard, though? 
having a ladder outside next to the window when you have a small child. <laughs> yes, you are correct. So why is that? Yeah, that's just... Anyway, point is, bloody weird. Speaking of weird, Sam trying to cover from Dean. Mm. He's speaking to Bobby on the phone mm. and about trying to get Dean out of this deal. Dean comes back into the restaurant and he's like, oh, who was that? And instead of just saying, oh, Bobby was just checking in or, oh, wrong number mm. or, oh, I was just chatting with Joe. She had a question about like, I don't know, a fucking werewolf or something. Yeah. He goes, oh, I was ordering a pizza. And it's like, Sam, buddy, you lie professionally. <laughs> and Dean like immediately calls him out because obviously he's like, um, we're in a restaurant. Sam's just like, I just really wanted a pizza, man. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, is what it is. While we're talking about things that are just kind of uncomfortable, like the scene where Sam's like, I'm just going to pretend that I'm ordering pizza on the phone despite the fact I'm sitting in a restaurant. Yeah. Let's talk about the way the scene at the birthday party with the kids made me so uncomfortable. Like, why the fuck is an eight-year-old like, oh, yeah, there's super hot chicks here. He's I know. eight. I know. I had if, a... you, if the character, like, if it was meant to be, like, a 15-year-old or, like, a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. different story. I kind of understand that, like, puberty. But, like, also it's... He's a child. Yeah, I... Why was that necessary? Why were they like, oh, you know what character trait Dean has that we're going to have make this kid have so that he kind of mirrors Dean? He's going to be a womanizer at eight years old. I know. But he's not just going to be, like, having crushes on the girls or whatever or trying to talk. He's going to be, like, describing them as hot chicks and all that sort of bullshit. I know. I literally... I would love to sit down with whoever okayed that dialogue for an eight-year-old and have a discussion... I want to know how the parents of that eight-year-old felt about that dialogue. Because insane choice. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, as if of any character trait they could have taken from Dean. Because, obviously, we're supposed to see Ben as potentially Dean's Mm. son. They could have gone with so many things. Like, they had the ACDC thing. Yeah. That's innocent enough. The kid Mm. can have the same taste in music. Mm. We could have had a scene of him playing with his friends with classic cars. Mm. We could have had him doing, like, any number of things. We could have... But, yeah, they went for weirdly objectifying women. At eight years old. At eight years old. Like, it's bad enough when it's, like, adults doing Mm. it, but then it's, like, you make a child do it, and you're like, what? And I think what bothers me about it from, like, a characterization standpoint as well, is it's, like, where the fuck is he learning this from? Because it certainly isn't Lisa. No. Lisa seems chill. I like Lisa. Yeah. I I have mixed opinions on Lisa, but this is because of later stuff, yeah. so I'm not going to get into it. At this point in time, I quite like her. She's yeah. very sweet. She's a cap- She's a very good parent yeah. from what we see. Though, it, I don't know, but I kind of feel like they're building to something where it's revealed that, like, she lied and Dean is actually the father. Because, like... I don't know, just something about the way she was like, no, I had, like, a blood test done and it was this random biker that I had sex with once and it's like... Yeah. So, it's not spoilery, I don't think, to talk about this because canon never, like, readdresses Confirms or denies. It's generally, in the circles that I'm in, Mm. it's generally accepted as fanon that Dean is Ben's dad. Mm. Like, it's just, Mm. like, no question. And it's like, canon shmanon. Yeah, and Dean certainly learns to think of Ben that way regardless. Yeah. Like personally, I'm like, yeah, that's his fucking kid. Like yeah. I don't care what Canon says. Like yeah. that's but that to is me, his like child. that's the way I read that scene because like she just seems like she's weirdly cagey at like the door when she sees Dean. Like if it's just like somebody that she's like hooked up with once eight years ago and they show yeah. up unexpectedly like first of all, weird. Weird. But yeah. 
Second of all, why is she like so hesitant to tell him that it's her son's eighth birthday? And they specifically clarified that it was like eight or nine years ago that they yeah. saw each other and like the whole thing. Like I said, kind of never readdresses it again. Yeah, it just made me very uncomfortable that the thing they were like, we're going to like mirror Dean. Like, because like, they have like a whole bunch of like cute little innocent mirrors yeah. and like they eat the Even food like, the same way. And the clothing. And the clothing. And like they're both like when they're getting all of the kids out of the Changeling's lair, they're like, he's yeah. straight they're, up taking charge and like, like here have my jacket mm-hmm. and like, here you go, like get the others out first. Like very yeah. Dean coded. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, and I think the other thing that bothers me as well is it's like... It's like, why not just give them a secondary character that's, like, Ben's best friend who's, like, little and gets picked on a lot and it's sort of like he takes full parental responsibility yeah. for this other <laughs> child. You know what I mean? Like, why not have that be the thing that they mirror? Like, yeah. it's less creepy for him to be like, oh, I've just got to make sure, like, this guy's okay. Like, you yeah. know? Like, I honestly think the thing that bothers me about them using quote-unquote, like, ladies' man kind of yeah. vibe to Miradine is because, first of all, like we said, he's fucking eight. But yeah. second of all, that's not hereditary. No. That's, <laughs> that's a learned behaviour. Like, being able to have, like, similar, like, mm-hmm. preferences in food or, yeah. like, you know, certain interests, you know, obviously can be learned as well, but... Yeah, I just feel like specifically that one, like that behavior towards yeah. those phrases, those like the exact wording, yeah. it just feels too much. I don't know. You're right. Like there are, yeah. there are cute ways that are age appropriate that they could have done it and they did do it. Yeah. It's just they added this one fucking weird one in. They could have cut that out and it would have been fine. But yeah, I just had a quick look. And so the writer for this episode was uh, Sarah Gamble. Yeah. Directed by Phil Scrizia. Yeah, I don't know what was going through her head when she decided to take that angle. Because I think that the kid that they cast, whose name I don't actually know off the top of my head, and Jensen have a really good, like, sort of mimicry of each other. And there's some great physical comedy in and this And there's episode. some great, uh, like, they actually look, like, decently physically similar, similar. enough. Yeah. Like, the kid almost looks like the sort of kid you could cast to pet, like, young D. Well, I was just going like, to say... Um, I'll find out who it actually was. Hang on a minute. The actor's name is Nicholas uh, Elia, Elia, E-L-I-A, however you pronounce it. Do you remember in Something Wicked, the flashback Dean? Yeah. He looks like a younger version of flashback Dean. Yeah. And that Dean could have, like, you could look at him and be like, oh, yeah, I can see how you could grow up to look like Jensen. So I think that, yeah, the casting is certain, lends itself to the reading that, you know, he could actually be Ben, uh, Dean's yeah. biological son. And we do come across Ben and Lisa later. Yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure it's portrayed by the same actor. Yeah. Um, I love watching Dean's face as he's doing the mental math. Mm. Like, <laughs> and, and then he, like, tries to turn around and he, like, walks straight into the bin and, like, falls down the fucking stairs. Like, because he's just, like, wait, hang, hang, hmm, wait. And he's, like, connecting the dots. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do love that. I feel like it was, a, it was a nice bit from Jensen of just, like, physical comedy. I think it works quite well and it plays very well into, like, he feels very flustered and kind of caught off guard and, like, he's panicking a little bit. Another thing was the ladies who were gossiping <laughs> and doing that whole little bit of, like, best night of my life, Dean. It was semi-illegal. <laughs> like, 
that whole little bit. And, and they're all just staring at him and he's just like eating cake. <laughs> eating cake from the table. Yeah. Which again, another example of Dean will eat food Literally whenever anything. it is available to him. Yeah. And actually, there's some really interesting discussions to have about Dean and cake that we'll get to probably at a later day. It is it is a fun piece of matter, so I'd, I'll, I might just leave it at that for the moment. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. But I also wanted to point out they did a really interesting thing where the camera did like a pan up Jensen's body, mm. which is an interesting shot because it's usually reserved for women. Like it's very objectified. Un- yeah, and yeah. it's it's uncommon to see it done to a male. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. We've talked before, and actually we talked a fair bit with Abigail from the other Driver Pixar podcast about how Dean is often framed as a woman in a lot of... He gets a lot of the shots that are traditionally reserved for females. And objectification. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought it was worth just sort of He also gets a lot of the knowledge and lines that's typically reserved for females. Yeah. Like the lines about the roofies, etc. Yeah, yeah. And so I just thought it was worth, like, pointing out because they are clearly, like, talking about him in a way that is... Like, they're talking about him in in the terms of being, like, a, a sex object. Yeah. And they're also doing the pan up. And I just thought it was interesting because it's it's rare that you see that sort of scene, I guess, especially in this type of show where it's hyper-masculine. They're all just sitting there gossiping. Like, I think it was very entertaining. I love when he, like, turns around and looks at them and he's like, hi. And they're just kind of, like, staring at him and he's like, doesn't know where to go. And he's, like, back and forth about which direction he's going to go. And he just kind of wanders off towards the uh, bouncy castle. Okay. So let's jump forward a little bit. Because uh, I, I want to talk about the the reveal of the mysterious lady who saved Sam. Yes, let's talk about that. As of yet, unnamed character. Yes. Which they do the really like dramatic music and like gasps. She's a demon. She is. Like, that, I'm sorry, mate. That wasn't that dramatic. Like it was very obvious when she was being caged in. Like I'm just another hunter. It's like, are you though? I want to talk about specifically the scene where she first meets up with Sam in this episode where they're at, like, the little diner. Yes. And, like, Sam's <laughs> eating the fries. He has, like, his food there. Yeah. And she just comes and starts eating his food. Fine, whatever. But then she gets the saucer <laughs> and dumps a shit ton of sauce on the saucer. If I was at work and I had a customer fucking do that shit to me, I would be this close to murdering somebody. I fucking... I love that she takes what... Looks like the saddest, coldest, soggiest excuse for like a potato wedge that I've ever seen in my life. Bites it and it's like, mmm, this tastes like deep fried crack. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't even look crispy. <laughs> it looks so sad. I was like, baby, you need to eat better food. <laughs> but yes, and like the sauce is fucking insane. Like, I, I know people who like, really like tomato sauce. And even I was watching that, like, what is happening here? <laughs> but, like, it's like how, half the bottle. And how many chips are you planning to eat? Like, right? Like, all of them. I love that. Yeah. And I love that it's not just the food. She, like, full on takes his drink. She, yeah. <laughs> she's just drinking it. She's like, la, 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 la. And he's just letting her. Yeah. He says nothing about it. He's like, okay, I guess this is what's happening now. So many choices were made in that scene. Yeah. And I love that Sam's like, why would you want to help me? And she's like, because you're tall. And the Antichrist thing. It's like, the what? The what? <laughs> Speaking of which, do you have any thoughts on that comment in particular, but also uh, the comments about Mary, or rather her friends, 
and the interesting sort of lore we get surrounding. It was very obvious to me that it was not all going to end with that one anticlimactic shot of the demon getting shot. Take a shot every time I say shot. Yeah. <laughs> shot, 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 shot. You're now dead. Congrats. Um, but no, so like you, the one hideous shot that I hated in the season finale. Of season was like, two, yeah. Of season two where it's like, da 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 the demon is now dead. Yellow wow. Eye demon, yeah. Yellow eye demon. I I won't miss you. You were kind of a shitty villain. Uh, I stand by him once we actually get like any information about what he's spoken doing. Spoken dialogue. At this point, he is a shitty. I mean, he's dead. He's dead. So, so it's you know, it's hard. I can say whatever the fuck I want, and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's just like John Winchester's dead. So I can say that he's a shitty person, and I don't like him. We said that while he was alive. I did say previously that I didn't think it was over and if that was the entire fucking thing after like two, two whole seasons. seasons of build up I was gonna be pissed yeah. so it is nice to have some confirmation that like obviously like the demonic interest in Sam is not over it is not finished it is uh got further to go I presumably like they're not just gonna drop it now <laughs> gonna drop it now which is nice because that was one of those things in the season two recap actually I think where I was saying, like, I just don't want them to have yeah. done, like, two seasons worth of build-up for that to be the payoff. Because, mm-hmm. like, yikes. It is nice to have a bit of confirmation that, yeah, like, they're not just going to drop the whole, like, uh, Sam was chosen by hell yeah. <laughs> to lead the armies of hell. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, I'm presuming her motivations are probably just somewhere along the line of, like, if it's not all over, there's still a chance that Sam's going to be put in a position of power in hell. So if she helps him now... She can't get in these good books. Yeah, so you're expecting that her sort of... It's self-serving. She, she wants to be like right-hand man yeah. kind of thing. So she's like, well, if I get in the good books now... It's self-serving. Like, she's going to get a better position in how Sam is probably inevitably forced into a leadership position that he doesn't <laughs> want. Uh, she's going to be in the good books already with the leader of hell, so she will get perks. She'll okay. get power, she'll get a position, she'll get blah, 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 blah. All right, cool. So we think that... We think that she is or is not a threat or danger to Sam at the moment. So we think that she's not because we're Not currently. Okay. Cool. I think she might become a threat down the line Mm -hmm. if something looks like it's not going to pan out with her whole, like, sort of sucking up to the next boss sort of plan. You think she'll just pick whichever is the winning team? Yeah. Okay. That's That's actually very on brand for demons in general. So I feel like that's a pretty good reading. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about who she might be? Or are you still kind of in the dark about that? No, but whoever she is, I want her to be friends with Meg. <laughs> I want them to be friends. Okay, yeah. Because, like... Demon girl BFFs. <laughs> yeah. The the level of girl boss in that friendship, off the chart. They will utilise girl power effectively. Oh, absolutely. They would run the world, eh? Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about in relation to the yet-to-be-named demon lady? I don't even know. What, what, what the fuck happened in this episode? <laughs> I mean, you watched it this morning. I did. I literally watched it just before I left. One thing that I want to mention um, about this character is that Sam has not told Dean True. that he's seen her again. Being saved and being seen. and d- d- So Dean knows that she saved him yeah. in the previous episode because he knows about the knife and they're talking to Bobby about it when they're burning the bodies. But... Sam at no point in this episode mentions her to Dean. No. Not after the diner, not after he does all the calls to check up on Mary's old friends and family, which seemingly should be something he is sharing with Dean. Yeah. Moving on, let's maybe talk a little bit about the actual case this episode. 
We don't talk about the actual case of the week, Bethany. (laughs) Well, we do now. (laughs) I want to talk about it because I think it is one of the most genuinely horrifying things that the show has done to date. Like, less how the children are presented, but more the anguish that the mothers go through. Particularly the one friend of Lisa's from the very beginning whose husband or whose ex dies with the table saw and then she's like no that's not my daughter and Uh then she tries to drown her daughter in a lake yeah yikes big yikes i just feel like the portrayal first of all that actress i think did actually a stand-up job Mm -hmm. i think she did a fantastic job because like you can see her thinking she's losing her mind and she's like obviously so distraught because like she's killing her daughter she's like but she knows that it's not her daughter but she can't Mm. prove that to anyone and she's finding the mark on her neck and she's just you know she knows that that kid is not her kid but you know then she tries to talk to lisa about it and lisa obviously doesn't understand what's going on and to be fair lisa is actually a pretty good friend i think in that Mm. scenario she's like you know it's okay like you guys are grieving like things are weird right now we're gonna get you help like yeah I'm here for you. She's so kind and supportive. Unfortunately for her, it's not just her friend is grieving and dealing with the child who is grieving. It is the child is literally replaced. Yeah. The child the monster. is missing. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very interesting. This is what they've done with Changeling Law. Yeah. Would you have preferred to see something else? Or? Well, what do you know of Changeling Law? Not a whole lot. I... The only other instance that I've ever come across in any kind of, like, book or media is um, basically that babies are swapped out at birth with, like, fae children. That's kind of the only thing. And then they're just kind of raised in human homes. And then at some point they, like, around puberty usually they figure out that they're not actually human and there's, like, a whole thing. There's certainly no feeding on the cerebral fluid. Yeah. Yeah, There's certainly none of that. (laughs) Um, No, because traditionally in... Changeling folklore. They are fae. They are part of the fae. They are fairies. Mm-hmm. Typically, they're a fairy child, and the reason they're swapped out is for the child. Not for the changeling, for the child. Mm. The fairies are smart people. I'm not going to say anything negative about fairies because they will come for me. I'm scared of ghosts. Jimmy's scared of fairies. <laughs> the fae are people who love their bargains. They love deals. They love. They like to acquire things. Mm. Some of those things they like to acquire are human children. <laughs> so the way they do that is they swap human children out with fae children. Yeah. And then typically the children who are taken are taken to the fae world where they live a life of luxury for normally about a year and then they get turned into slaves because they're no longer exciting and new and shiny and fresh. Mm. Yeah. So uh, there's already a whole bunch of like changeling fae lore like folklore, is it was used to explain things like autism, where neurotypical presenting children suddenly overnight seem to be... Completely different kids. Completely different kids. In reality, it's just that conditions can... Manifest. Manifest what appears to be relatively quickly, especially if you don't spot any of the really early signs. But uh, they used it as sort of like a... The child was a changeling. That's how they explained... That the child that they were seeing was not the one was not the one that they were used to seeing. Yeah, and in a lot of the cases, it was just 
non-neurotypical traits yeah. coming to the forefront. and With age, which, yeah. With age, which is just how it works for law that's already like kind of like baseline horrifying on its own mm. i think they kind of did it a bit of a disservice like just person like the whole feeding on the mother's thing just seemed like a weird addition i guess that the problem with trying to use the fae as a plot line in the way that you just described which to be fair they could absolutely yeah. have done yeah I guess the problem with it, though, is that it would be incredibly difficult for Sam and Dean to determine that that's what had happened because the whole point is that the human parents don't notice. Whereas doing it this way, they have, like, the weird accidental death. Also, the mothers are feeling ill and, like, they know something's Mm -hmm. off about their kids. So I guess in that sense, like, they just added something that it makes it easier for narrative purposes, I guess. But... They've certainly taken some interesting liberties. Yeah. Uh, they've kind of made another sort of vampire-esque. Yeah. It's almost like the inverse of the Striga, actually. Yeah. Instead of having this monster that feeds on the young children to make them ill when they're sleeping, it's the children feeding on the mothers when they're sleeping to make them ill. So it's kind of like a... And again, like a vampire-esque. Yeah. I'm really curious, though. Do fairies or fae or whatever ever make an appearance? Yes, um, but not until late... Or not actually late, it's like mid-seasons actually. Like, I'm not sure if they crop up earlier than this and I'm just forgetting. But the first instance I can think is I'm pretty sure season seven. Okay. So, oh, actually, do you know what? It might be season six. I have to place it using other plot points that I know are happening at the time. So I'm pretty sure actually it's season six. So I'm adding fairies to the Sarah Gamble long con. <laughs> Angels and fairies. Love that. Uh, just winged humanoid figures. Yeah. <laughs> She was like, you know what, this could use some more wings. <laughs> yes, no, I'm fairly certain season six we see Faye because they use the uh, the law of if you put sugar in front of them, they have to count each individual grain. Yeah. I remember that yeah. being part of it. And there's also a scene with the microwave, which is memorable. So that you've got that to look forward to in season six. But yeah, so no, it is um, it is certainly interesting lore. I don't think we ever get the changelings as a recurring creature. And I'm kind of glad we don't because I feel like if we had them again, it could have been a bit... Same-samey. I think that's probably a good way to phrase it. In terms of like, there is no real way for the plotline to play out any way but the way it played out in this episode. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I, got, I get what you mean. As much as like, obviously there are issues in this episode, there are issues in every fucking episode. I think at a certain point, you just have to accept that you're watching Supernatural and just be like, there's going to be problems with it. So obviously putting aside the stuff, the issues we had with Ben. and Which is really weird because like, otherwise I really enjoyed the writing of this episode. I was just like, going to say. The really creepy, like, mommy, I love you. Yeah. Like, are we going for ice cream now? And then when she comes back and she's dripping wet because her mum just tried to fucking drown her and her mum is just distraught because she just drowned her child and she's just sitting there at the table dripping like, can we have ice cream now? I think the writing in this episode was really strong and then you just got that random like sexualizing eight-year-olds thing. Yeah, because I wanted to say, because I know like we harped on about that for a bit, but I kind of want to point out, I think other, like if you removed that aspect, standout episode. Very good, like... In my brain, when I'm rating it, I'm like, it's a, it's a four out of five for me. But, like, I don't, don't think I can give it a four star just because that one moment made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, like, such a bizarre choice was, for them to yeah. have made. No, I wanted to talk about a couple of the things that I did really enjoy about this episode because I think we've been sort of harping on about the negatives. And, look, like I said, at a certain point, you just have to accept that you're watching Supernatural and there's, there's just going to be shit. I really wanted to talk about 
Again, another thing that they did with a Ben-Dean mirror, which is when Dean sort of comes across Ben at the park and the kids have his DS and they're playing. And Dean immediately is like, hey, buddy, what's up? What's wrong? You know, pulling out the, like, dad-Dean vibes. And, you know, Ben tells him, oh, you know, they borrowed my, quote-unquote, borrowed my game and, like, now they won't give it back. And Dean's like, do you want me to go over there and and fix this? Mm. And he's like, no, (laughs) you know, like... I'm not, like, I'm, again, with the bitches, but, like, yeah. they could have said, only only babies send adults. Like, they could have said babies, and it would have, like... Or even, like, narcs or something. That's, like... Yeah. Still not necessarily child-appropriate, but at least it's not, like... Bitches. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like, they, he could have just as easily said, like, only babies send or in snitches. Yeah, snitches would have been perfect, because it's, like, yeah. snitches get stitches. Like, it's a very yeah. common, like, playground kind of lingo. Yeah. And then, you know, Dean's kind of like, you know, I can respect that. Mm. kind of thing and then he like tells him to knee him in the balls and I'm kind of like bro like you were doing so well you were like I'll be the adult I'll go and get your game back no well you don't want me to do that okay I'll, I'll respect that you don't want me to to step in yeah. for you you want to settle okay no worries and then he's like you know Ben goes over he's like I would like my game back please and it's like yes perfect that is the exact behavior that you should be encouraging you know yeah. we're gonna be polite we're gonna be respectful but we're gonna be assertive yeah, it, that is my game. I would like it back. Thank you very much. It doesn't work. And he looks over his shoulder and Dean gives the fucking funniest, goofiest thumbs up I've ever seen in my entire life. And then Ben turns back around, full on kicks this kid in the mm-hmm. junk. Yeah. The kid's on the ground. Ben gets his game back and he's like king of the castle, yeah. essentially. And Dean's like high five or whatever. I adore the moment when Lisa walks up. Yeah. And she is just like, Benjamin! <laughs> And it just, Dean gets this look on his face that is exactly like when he's scared of Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, he looks like the kid who is in trouble just as much as Ben does. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, since when is like violence the option? And I think that Lisa is fully justified when she comes over and she basically like has a crack at Dean. Like, you know, you don't have a right to be teaching him anything you're nothing to him you don't like you know you met him yesterday yeah and i do think that that kind of lends credibility to what you were saying earlier about her lying about his parentage yeah because that would make sense her being like doubling down on the like you're nothing to him you don't have any right over him but also when he tells her to just relax or like Oopsie doopsie, he made a mistake. Like, literally, there's almost Prepared to die. nothing that you could say to someone who is already pissed off at you, especially for completely justifiable reasons, than, like, you're overreacting or you just need to relax or, like, calm down. It's like, no, literally fuck off. <laughs> nah, you don't even have a leg to stand on here, man. I do love Dean with kids, though. We get so many more instances over the series, and he just immediately adopts, like, dad mode every time. <laughs> Like, at the end, like, when she tells him that, she looks at him and she's like, it's funny, like, you look almost disappointed. Mm. And it's just like, he is disappointed. Because, like, the white, like, the stable home with the white picket fence, wife and kid, if he could have chosen a life for himself. And and he says, you know, that he sort of alludes to the, the demon deal that he's made. And he says, you know, I'm going to be gone. And what am I going to leave behind besides a car? And it kind of, like... And the brother you forced to mourn you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, and like, let's not forget that little tidbit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
it's interesting that like around Sam, and it does sort of frustrate me through this season, that Dean is very blasé casual about the fact that he's going to fucking die and there's nothing that they can do about it. Um, we talked last episode about how he's just straight up putting himself in dangerous situations like he doesn't give a shit. You know what I just realised? We had a whole conversation where I was predicting shit for the future, right? Yeah. And I didn't actually answer the original question you asked me, which is why do you think Sam's not telling Dean about... Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> Let's maybe very quick... <laughs> Let me just very quickly... Please. And I think the reason he's not telling Dean about that is he has hope that she can help him get Dean out of the demon deal. But because Dean's got the no beezling clause, mm. if Dean knows, then there's a good chance Sam dies. Yeah. So he's just trying to protect Dean. Dean by not telling Dean that he's trying to work on getting him out of the deal because he's worried that if he tells Dean, then he... Voids gets... the contract. Yeah. Got you, got you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Good remembering. Because <laughs> that would have been so annoying if I'd like... been editing this episode going, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> I didn't actually answer the original question, which was that. Mm, okay, cool. Well, now you've answered, so perfect. Yeah, he's talking about how he's going to sort of imminently die. Yeah, it frustrates me that a lot of the time this season, he's very blasé about that. Like, he doesn't seem to really... Like, we know that he cares, but, like, outwardly, like, you know, he says to Sam, even in this episode, like, you know, come on, it's my dying wish, you know, kind of thing. And it's very, like, ha-ha, projection-y. But also, like, stop rubbing it in your brother's face. Yeah, you're like, gonna die and leave him. Like, literally. But I appreciate this moment of vulnerability with someone who isn't Sam. Because obviously we've talked a million times before about how Dean feels like he can't burden Sam with his like actual emotional distress a lot of the time. He, well, he says like, I would have been really proud to be his dad. Like, and I guess he's like thinking about the things that he will never get to have mm. because he knows he's going to die. It's certainly something that he as a character has never really voiced a desire for before, like to actually have his own kids and like whatever. Mm. He's talked about like, how he's been jealous of Sam having, like, wanted to step out from their dad's shadow about having wanted to go to school. We've talked a lot about how he wants a stable home. But, you know, the concept of maybe a long-term relationship outside of Cassie, maybe, we vaguely discussed it then. And, you know, basically we talked about how it wouldn't work. Yeah. And, yeah, like, even the possibility of having kids. It's It's just an interesting, I think, reflection for him as a character to sort of think about how much he's... Obviously, he's going to lose his life. But it's also like he's losing all of the possibilities of what yeah. the remainder of his life could be. I also just quickly want to say this new demon, I very much enjoy the portrayal because they're very different to Meg yeah. and have a different energy. But mm. it's also not like completely 180 different. Yeah, It's still the very much like cocky, very self-assured, yeah. sarcastic, quick wit, smart, onto it. Like, but in a different like she has a different vibe to me. Mm, she probably mm-hmm. has a lot of similar characterization traity bits because she's still a demon. Like yeah, at the I, end of the day, day, a demon is a demon. Like they have certain similar. commonalities. I would assume that means they were the ones that become demons. Yeah, I, but I like that she's very clearly a uh, separate entity to Meg. Yeah, it's like oh, this is a new character. Yeah. This is not just a rehash of Meg. Okay, let's talk about special effects. Let's, like, veer hard right. Oh, okay. <laughs> special effects. I did wonder if this would be something that you would want to touch uh, on. <laughs> I don't like them. Really? I'm trying... <laughs> I really like the I don't whole... Know why I'm surprised. <laughs> I really like the whole, like, in the mirror they look all... Yeah. But, like, when they do, like, the close-up of, like, the... The, the face. The young girl's, like, legs. 
in the mirror when she's like hugging. Like, was that really necessary? I did like you can see her arms. Like you can see. Do you really have to do like the dramatic like zoom in on the like? I'm surprised that that was the part you took issue with because I didn't mind that. I actually thought that they did that because her arms like she's hugging. Yeah. So like her arms are like mostly hidden. So I feel like to get the full effect, you do kind of need to like see the legs to be like, oh, there's something wrong, and it's not just like a trick of the light or something. Mm -hmm. So I do get that. I thought the issue that you were going to take was going to be with the close up of the face. I didn't like the close up of the face either, but okay. (laughs) Like when she goes to feed on the mom, yeah. When she's asleep, I was like, that's disgusting. I think it just falls back into the you know the camp that I always take when they do ghosts, and it's like they they didn't choose to do it like. Fully dead, like the, yeah. like the body looks. Mm-hmm. But they also didn't do, like, freshly murdered. Yeah. It's weird in between, like, Halloween makeup kind of sort of vibe. Yeah. They did the same thing again. Like, it, I, I feel – I'm not trying to slander the makeup artist because the makeup artist <laughs> does a lot. But it feels like the makeup artist or their special effects guy knows, like, one way to change, <laughs> like, for – any under thing gets the same face. Yeah. It has the same face. The sunken in cheeks, the, like, hollow-looking eyes, like... How do you feel about the weird, circular, many-toothed mouth? I did like that. You don't? Okay. <laughs> Diff- okay. Because it's different. Like, I just... It kind of reminds me... I wish me. that Supernatural had some more new ideas. Because yeah. they seem to have, like, the same four ideas over and over and over again. Oh, honey, that's... <laughs> You're going to get used to that. Real damn quick. No, I think you know there is a there's yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So there's a monster that's really prominent in season seven, which obviously you're not gonna know about yet. But anyone who's nah. seen the show before, I, yeah, will know. I did. We'll just skip straight to season yeah. seven. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that monster's sort of mouth crossed with like a Dementor's mouth. It's like for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Jamie, you'll come to understand yeah. what I'm talking about. Do you know what I think would be fun, though? Like, having you just mentioned, oh, we'll just skip straight to season seven. I feel like it would be, like, kind of hilarious to just skip you straight to, like, a mid-season 14 episode or something. Just, like, on a once-off. Just... Just like, Choose like the just like the roll season the dice. fourteen like um comedy episode. Yeah, you know the episode that doesn't advance any of the main plot. I just think it would be fun to like roll a dice for like like a d twenty and get like <laughs> a season. Well, that would episode. actually work really well because at the moment they're twenty two episode seasons and the final two are two part of season finales. So yeah. a d twenty would work perfectly. Yeah, and then, to get a random number between one and twenty. Yeah, and then we could just exclude roll... the two season finales. Yeah, and then we could just like roll a couple of other dice, or maybe just a d twenty, and just exclude anything over fifteen, mm. and we'll just find like a season and an episode, and we'll just chuck it in just as a random. And hope it's not? not like a season one episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, like we'll roll something. Say if we had like I don't know, season seven, episode twelve, or something. Which I actually might know. Like, I know that I just made that number up, but I feel like that maybe reading is fundamental, which is actually, I love that episode. Oh, season seven, episode 21, this reading is fundamental. But my point stands, like, I feel like it would just be hilarious to just throw so it in the So what is then? Okay, that's actually a great episode. <laughs> it's called Time After Time After Time. Um, is that like a Groundhog Day episode or something? It's, like time loop? It's, uh, it's not. Oh. But it is a fun episode. You'd think with a title like that, they would do a time loop. Mm. We we actually could probably watch that without like spoiling too much for you. But 
in any case, um, I'd like, you know, I think that would be funny. That is not what we were talking about, though. We were talking about special effects. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it looks similar to a different creature they have later on, with the, yeah. specifically the mouth. I, I do love the whole, like, you can only see the true form in mirrors thing. Like, yeah, that's that is a They do it occasionally. Yeah. They do it with, um, specifically, the one that comes to mind is a wraith. Yeah. And I'm really keen for you to see that episode, because I thought that was pretty effective the way they did that. I also like that in this episode they specified that it doesn't always have to be a mirror. Like, other things are reflective. Yeah. Like, so the table. I, the thing that we started in Bloody Mary continues. Mm-hmm. Who has that many mirrors in their home? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, if this is what they're going with, like, they just kind of have to find a way to make it work. It does make me wonder, though. Like, the mothers obviously notice their own children's reflections because that's you know, how we know that Smink is actually supernaturally up. But it does baffle me, like, what if, like, Lisa had seen Katie's reflection, reflection. you know? Like, would she have seen? that? Yeah. Because I don't think at any point in the episode we get someone who is not the actual parent of the child see the reflection in the mirror, do we? Because it's only ever Lisa and I forget Katie's mum's name. And they only see their own children reflected funny. Because I don't think even Dean sees them reflected funny. No, that's what I was trying, to, I was trying to think. Sam sees the mother who looks like the real estate agent, he sees her Which reflection. I actually call that really early on, when the real oh, yeah. estate agent come with, like, the basket of, like, cookies. With I'm what like, a bitch fucking move, being like, oh, we just weren't sure if you were going to sell the house. It's like, um, she probably doesn't know if she wants to sell the house. Literally, fuck off. See, to me, I read that as, like, oh, it's obviously, obviously something's, like, controlling the children. Like, something, like, it's... Yeah. I was like, it's probably them, and they're probably just checking in and, like... Mm. I did like that, not catch that. That feels sinister. I just thought she was being a bitch. <laughs> nah. I mean, like, I also think she was being a bitch. But, like, yeah. I actually, I have a note, and it's fairly early on that I wrote down, because it was, yeah, that scene where she brings the basket of cookies. I'm like, I reckon the real yeah. estate agent, like, the real estate agent is sus. I like, had the note, ugh, the land agent. Oh, my fucking God. Talk about insensitive. <laughs> that was my note. Uh, my note was literally, I fucking called the real estate lady is the leader. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, that the real estate agent, like, I would be interested to know what the creatures look like when they're not impersonating someone. Because that's not what the, like, mother changeling looks like, because she's impersonated the actual real estate agent as well. So it's like, it's interesting. It's like, do they have a default look of, like, a humanoid figure Mm -hmm. that looks like someone that is purely them? Or do they always have to be imitating someone? Like the shifter. Like the shifter. Yeah, because, like, again, with the shifter, we don't... At this point, we don't really know... Do we ever learn? Do you remember I mentioned in, like, season six, we get some more background into, like, monster lore yeah. and, like... E- kind of, yeah. Okay. We get a bit more... We get a bit more specifically about shifters. And how they, like, breed and are born and yeah. grow up and stuff. There like. are a couple of different monsters in season six that we get some more background info into. Um, shape Shifters is one. Vampires are another. There's, like, a, there's a couple changelings i don't think we ever come across again so we don't for them but i would just be like interested like as a theory like what would they look humanoid or would they look like the thing you see in the mirror and like they have to sneak around in the night times to get people to imitate before they can but also is it the changelings that are stealing the children or is like the real estate lady lady changeling stealing the children and then the children just like the changeling children just like chilling (laughs) i mean I guess I assume that it's the, like, mother who's stealing the actual human children. I don't think she's sending in her... I don't... 
Look, I don't like the changeling mother, but I don't think she's a fucking John Winchester. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't think she's sending you her eight-year-olds to do her dirty work. You heard it here first. The changeling <laughs> mother is a better mother than John Winchester. <laughs> Loving mother at best. R.O.P. <laughs> changeling mom. But, like, yeah, like... I don't think she's sending her eight-year-olds to do the dirty work. I think she's probably doing the kidnapping herself. And you're then... gonna wonder that, like, do changelings actually age, or are they much... just like mirroring whatever age they the sort of person they're imitating is? Oh, because yeah, then point. if that's the case, are the like eight-year-old in quotation mark like, changelings mature actually changelings. like mature changelings? Like, do they ever mature? Like, but then. Why would one be, like, the mother changeling and the rest be, like, the children changeling? Maybe it's a hierarchy thing. Like, maybe they just needed one one of their team, I guess, to infiltrate an adult role so mm-hmm. that they can kind of, pres- like, preside over the entire organisation from the adult perspective and have that kind of, like... You know, they can talk to the other mums and, like, convince them they're fine. Yeah, and, like, and, like they can sort of... They can organise, like, for like, she's the land agent, yeah. right? So if she's selling a house, she can, like, give a better deal to a family with young children yeah. than, like, I don't know, like a single person with a dog, maybe. So what I guess there's, like, a tactical like, element. They all hate being the adult changeling, so they, like, <laughs> pull straws. <laughs> Who's going to be the grown-up this time? They're, like, sitting there like, fuck, last time I had to do taxes. I don't want that shit again. <laughs> They're like, I just want to eat ice cream and sit in the car and go on a lake. That's way more fun than doing taxes. Oh, I do love that theory. It is a good question, though, because, yeah, I mean, and I guess for a shifter as well, is it possible? Because obviously if you had adults who were, like, taller or shorter or, like, yeah, you know, different weights or, like, if you had, like, a pregnant woman compared to, like, you know, a non-pregnant woman, like, you wonder there if are physiological shi- okay. differences. If a shifter takes the form of a pregnant woman, does... Is that how fucking shifters reproduce? They just take the form of, like, a pregnant woman and then the baby that is born is a new shifter? How insane would that be, Beth? <laughs> that would be crazy. Can you... Okay, here's here's my question now. Like, I realise that this episode is not about shifters, okay. but I'm going to sort of lump shifters and changelings into a similar sort of category because I feel like there's, like, a deviation where, like, potentially they could have sort of started out as, as like, the same root species and then through evolution they've kind of, like you know, divulge. And obviously in the episode they talk about how, you know, changelings we mentioned about how that's usually related to like fae lore. Mm. From a to su- be fair, they don't really give a shit about what relates to what sort of lore. Supernatural is not witches. <laughs> Supernatural's not got a great track record. No, I don't actually... have demon COVID. <laughs> Supernatural's not got a great track record of actually respecting the background of the lore for the like the culture. <laughs> they go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I feel like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I think that it's pretty safe to say that like within the supernatural universe, there is a chance that shapeshifters and changelings are somehow like connected, connected in like an evolutionary sense. Oh, uh, like, like we are connected to apes. Yeah. Like they're separate species, but same ancestors. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have very similar, like they impersonate someone, obviously, but also we see here, like, the changelings, they keep the people alive to feed on them, whereas shifters keep them alive for the psychic link. It's not specified if changelings also have then, a psychic like, link, but you would kind of assume they probably have some kind of... From what I can of... tell, from what information they've given us so far on shifters, mm. they're not 
inherently evil. No. They're kind of like vampires in that they are capable of like great people. evil. Yeah. But they're not like, you, you know, like even vampires sort of like, well, they have to feed off people. Yeah. And, you know, changelings. So shifters are kind of like a mid, like. A midway point. No, changelings are sort of a midway point between like vampires and shifters. Yeah. They're like middle point yeah. in terms of. It's almost like a shifter and a vampire somehow procreated and yeah. you kind of ended up with... New lore just dropped. <laughs> That's the new headcanon. Yeah. So it does like make me wonder, looking at that, right? So I wonder at what point the imitation stops. Like, for example, if a changeling or a shifter were to imitate someone who had malfunctioning kidneys... Would they, like, would they take on that person's Mm. malfunctioning kidneys? Like, are we talking about internal organs and physiological processes? Like, that's why I mentioned if someone's pregnant. Yeah. Well, as I said, that's... Like, is the baby also... In that, like... Like, being assumed, or is it just the outer of the stomach? That's what I was trying to say, and then I got completely derailed by the thought of, like... (laughs) No, no, I, I derailed myself. I was like, okay, yep. So, if they're pregnant, do they also have, like, a baby... Mm. Like, do they do they replicate to that detail and also have a child growing in their stomach? Yeah. And then I was like, hang on. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if that's how, like, shifters continued as a species? Yeah. They just took the form of pregnant women, women and then just and popped gave one out. birth. Yeah. You can't tell me it's impossible. They're just, there's, like, a happen? bunch of shifters, like, hanging out at the maternity ward, just like, <laughs> like, mm, nice to meet you. Oh, let me shake your hand. And then... Would the child that was born look exactly like the child that the woman that they were imitating was going to... Mm, like, is that their original form? I am and su- therefore doesn't mean that shifters from the day they are born are mirroring uh, another human? Yeah. Specifically, the human child that their parents were mim- mirroring when they... Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm assuming that's not how it works, but that's that's my side track. What, what I wonder about is if you had... If you had a shifter who was brand newborn, right? So a baby, is it possible for them to imitate a grown adult, like physically? Yeah. Mentally, probably not. No. But physically, like, could they assume yeah. that form, like that, like and size? And by extension, changelings are the same. Like, is it like a specific changeling is the adult because they are older or they are whatever? And is is it sort of like you have changelings? And one changeling has a whole bunch of children changelings, right? Mm-hmm. But then all those children changelings get older and they grow up. And then they all go off and have all their own yeah. children changelings. And it's sort of like... Or are they kind of kept in stasis? Or are they kept in stasis? Yeah. Or is it... They're all adults, but they just mm-hmm. have assumed roles. And that's why I kind of don't like the law that Supernatural's gone with changelings, because it opens up a whole bunch of possibilities. Like, it's so much more straightforward if they're just, like, they're fae children who are... Yeah. Do you know what? It's kind of funny, because, like, I I understand being frustrated that it is so, like, it opens up so many possibilities, but I also think that's kind of the appeal of it. I think that's one of the things, like, one of the reasons why Supernatural, as a fandom, has so many, like, fix and headcanons and meta, is because they are so vague like there are and like i said i don't think we ever come back to changelings mm. so this is the all the information we ever get so we can theorize as much as we want we're never going to be told mm. we are or are not correct like we have external sources like the bestiary if i mm. wanted to have a look that might give us more information i'd be really curious not. to see if changelings was actually in your bestiary it would be okay. it would be i would be shocked if it wasn't i'm pretty sure they cover basically every monster 
that the show covers. Beth, I think it's time for my PSA this week. Oh my god, I fucking forgot about you your did. PSA. I literally, wait, I think I, I thought of what I thought it could be. Oh, wow. Did I actually write it down or am I an idiot? Did I just go, oh, I'll remember. Oh, I'm going to be so upset. I was so proud of myself. So, Beth, what do you think my PSA is this week? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm so upset. I fucking had one. I had a guess and I was so proud of it. And I was like, this might actually be it. If you say it and it's what I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be happy that I will now know what it was I was thinking of or if I'll be so angry that I didn't remember. This is not what I thought it was and I'm so upset. Like, I'm genuinely... I was really excited when I was watching the episode. I was like, oh, that'll be the PS... A dumb fuck. I write it down. I'm going to make a, a guess at a different PSA. Okay. And then if the one that you say is the one that it actually... Like, that I thought originally, then I'm... Uh, at least I'll remember... Yeah. What it was, and it won't plague me while I'm yeah. trying to sleep tonight. I'm going to guess that your PSA for today, for this episode, The Kids Are Alright, Season 3, Episode 2 of Supernatural. I love your stalling techniques. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate them. Is that you should always call ahead before showing up and unannounced at a random house that you haven't seen in eight to nine years. That actually wasn't it. Okay. Well, look, it wasn't what I originally, originally thought, thought either, either, but I still think it's valid. It is like, valid. It's very I, valid. I am not a fan of people cold calling me. I would mm. much rather you text me, and if I'm free, I'll respond. People call me, I'm like, either someone's dying, or this is not a good enough reason to call me. <laughs> um, so, Or you're my nan and you don't know yeah. how to text. So I stand by my yeah. new PSA. What is the correct one? If you have young children in the house... Do not leave your table saw fucking just sitting there in the garage. Like, you don't want your fucking daughter... Like, because it's just a switch. Yeah. What if his daughter had gone outside and accidentally cut her fucking hand off? For a second, I thought this was going to be about ladders. <laughs> um, yes. No, that is true. Uh, absolutely. But also, the ladder is also a safety issue and falls under the same PSA. Yeah. Which is, put uh, your tools goddamn away. This is neither of these Table things. saws... Come with a cover. <laughs> Don't just have it sitting out in the fucking you know open. A cover would have saved his life. Wouldn't have mattered if he fell on it. Cover would have been there. It would have just been whirring away inside. Like, he has a young child. That is a safety hazard. This was also not the PSA that I thought of originally. Okay. So I'm going to be traumatized. I didn't think it would be. I am going to be mad the rest of the night. I will message you if I come up with whatever my original one was. I mean, I did have a different PSA for this episode, but that was too depressing. Oh. It was, don't yeah. kill your children. But again, <laughs> I can't do a PSA that's just, don't kill your children. That is um, <laughs> objectively hilarious, but also very depressing. <laughs> Jamie, if you had just said that as your actual PSA, I... <laughs> you would have been like, Jamie, we can't use that. So I came up with a different one. Uh, yeah, look, great PSA. Uh, three great PSAs, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up in this episode or this discussion? Oh, I did want to point out, in this episode, more examples of Sam pretending to be official people would add to the montage. <laughs> yeah, we got a new one. I don't think they've been life insurance 
people before, have they? But also, his entire montage at the end where he's confirming that all of Mary's friends and family... Oh, yeah. He is straight up pretending to be, like, a good half a dozen official positions to just, like... Which I was originally confused by. I was like, why did you come up with, like, 12 fucking different, like, aliases? Because each one needs a different person in position of power to get the right information. Well, for me, I was like, oh... That makes sense, because if they had, like, if someone yeah. just connected the dots, like, huh, this one random officer, like, called up about all these deaths, I was like, that would be suspicious. But if it's, like, a different person, yeah. it's like, it doesn't leave such a, like, a trail. But yes, that was a fun montage. I actually quite like the shot, sort of at the end of it, where he's sitting on the end of the bed, but he's not centered in the frame. He's, like, mm-hmm. in the bottom left, and it just kind of has, like, the rest of the room as, like, vacant yeah. space. I don't know what it was about that. I just thought it looked really, like... It was very aesthetically, like, pleasing to me. Like, it wasn't symmetrical. Like, there was no... There's no identifiable reason for me as to why I like it. I just kind of did. I just I just did. I don't remember that shot specifically. What I do realise now, though, is... I swear this is my last point. I have nothing else after this. Okay. We can, I swear we can do wrap-up after this. <laughs> but, uh... We didn't actually address the fact that she tried to kill her child. Like, we briefly, briefly, briefly touched on... Like, that's a pretty, like... That's why I was saying, like, this episode, I think, is actually one of the more horrific ones we've had in the series so far. Because she really felt like she was losing her mind to the point where she didn't think she had another option but to straight up sink her child in a car in a lake. Literally, (laughs) the trauma that this woman... Like, the therapy she is going to need. Because, yeah, her, like, actual child came back. But she's not going to lose the memories of sitting, sobbing on her bathroom floor with the door locked, running the tap while her not-child screams and bangs on the door. She's not going to forget drowning her child. Like, she's not going to forget watching that car roll in, knowing that she was killing her daughter. She's certainly not going to forget coming home afterwards, again, obviously a wreck, to find said drowned daughter dripping wet at the kitchen counter asking for ice cream. And, like, Lisa watched Ben burst into fucking flame. That's not something you just forget. There's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) Oh, there's so much to unpack here. I think it would be fascinating to, like, have, like, a spin-off series, which is just victims from Supernatural episodes go to therapy. It would be a fully scripted show. Like a One of us series. would be the therapist and the other would be, like, <laughs> the victim of the week. And it's like, what would their therapy session look like? Oh, God. Like, I just... But no, so I felt like it was probably fitting to actually fully touch on that a little bit more. Because, like... We very much skated over it. Yeah. We were like, oh, yeah, she drives again. Moving on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and also what's interesting is, like, it makes you wonder how many other parents hit that break point where they actually tried to kill their kids. Because... We only see two, like, parents interacting with kids that are off. Lisa and and Katie's mum. But throughout the episode, there are, like, a bunch of kids that are clearly changed. We just don't see their, like, home life. Yeah. And it's, like, it just, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, how many people, like, reached that point. Like, how many people in these, like, houses Mm. went, got up and went to work the next day knowing they full-on attempted to murder their kid the night before and it didn't work. One last thing that I want to talk about before we wrap up. Yeah. At the end of the episode, where Sam is confronting the demon in the motel room. Yeah. Did you notice the giant indoor planter box? It's... I'm going to show you. Because it's ridiculous. They're hot pink flowers, first of all. Okay. Which is a bit much. But they are... They're, like, situated... So when you walk in the door of the motel, like in front of you is like the desk where Sam's been working. To your right are the beds. But there's like a half wall 
between the entryway and the first bed. And on top of that half wall looks like like a wooden box. Like it looks like an outside planter box, but it looks like it's just been placed. It's very strange. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just skip to the end of the episode and have a fucking look. I'm, I'm going to do it now for Jamie. But if you skip to 39 minutes and 12 seconds, on the left-hand side of the screen is just a fucking giant planter box. It's very confusing to me. It's not important. Oh, absolutely not. Not even slightly important. But it does confuse me. So I just I just wanted to know if you'd also noticed it. Anyway, in a three hour long recording, I don't know why I bothered adding that extra two minutes. But look. <laughs> it might be a fun Such two minutes. minutes. We don't know. Such is life. So I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Jamie, how would you rate The Kids Are Alright out of five? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. I would have given it a four, but like the Weird sexualizing. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. I think I kind of agree with you. Like this episode is like, I think it's really strong. But I it's think just it like would have been that part was so unnecessary. It could have been like one of the strongest episodes of Supernatural that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But just something about that, like them choosing to have the really like. Obvious upfront way he's gonna mirror Dean be like objectifying women, yeah, and for them to be like, oh yes, how we make this appropriate for children is not to like childrenify it and make it like, oh, such and such has got a crush on you or whatever, yeah. is to be like, oh, this eight year old's gonna call other eight year olds hot chicks. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. So three point five, cool, cool beans. The next episode is titled "Bad Day at Black Rock." Do you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, hopes, dreams, fears? So the title makes me think of a picnic at Hanging Rock. Were you ever forced to read that in school? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Bunch of people die. It's a sad <laughs> book. Okay. Um, I don't know why that's where my mind immediately goes. Yeah. But it is. Maybe there's a place called Black Rock and people are dying. Okay. Actually, serious, half serious prediction time. Yeah. There's some sort of, like, cliff or outcropping or something along those lines. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a bit, and yeah. it juts out and there's, like, the sea and it's, like, a sheer drop oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the sea. Like a bluff almost. Like a bluff yeah. almost. And, like, either there's something haunting there that's killing people on the bluff or it's, like, they possess people and force them to walk off. Ooh, like 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 a walk the plank kind of situation. Yeah. I kind of love like that. Like maybe it's a spirit or something who like yeah killed themselves there and is now Haunting killing other the general people area. in the same way by making them walk off the cliff. Ooh, spicy. Okay, yeah. cool. So I guess you'll have to stick around and either that or there's just a black rock and it's like <laughs> cursed or something and like people keep on dying associated. You know how like when they like they plunder a new tomb in Egypt. Or oh, like you find, like, a random heirloom and it's just, like, cursed yeah. to murder people? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or maybe it's, like, that sort of thing and it's, like, just physically a black rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do definitely think it'd be better if it was, like, a spirit who was, like, murdering people by forcing them to walk off a cliff. So I'm hoping that's it's that. very specific. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's that. I love, like, last episode you were, like, really vague. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say a ghost. And this episode you're like, a ghost that specifically died by throwing themselves off a cliff and is now. <laughs> okay, cool. I think that's actually pretty solid predictions. I'm really excited for you to see this episode. I think it's 
a very fun episode, but also we get a new character who I think you are really going Ooh, to love. I love characters. I think you are going to adore her. So, so I'm very keen. Is to it talk a to character about. who was in the fan favorites at the start of this? No. Okay. So there's wait. a good chance that I've never heard of this character before. Bear with me. I will just quickly double check that. Because I'm going to go out on a limb. No, so I the, didn't. I the didn't. demon that we met in the last two episodes is not a demon that was in, like, the fan favourites list. Well, I'm not going to confirm or deny because... <laughs> I'm not going to go back and check, Beth, and I don't remember who was on that list. Uh, yeah, they're on the list. Oh! Yeah. You, okay. Yeah, you yeah. definitely... I So I've heard of them probably before. If uh, not yeah. previously in... Specifically the... Okay, that's fun. They're not... I don't think I'm... I can't really guess who it is. They're not in the vessel they're best known for. Oh, So that probably doesn't help. Yeah. Then again, same with Meg, actually. So... Yeah. But no. No. So this is another fan favourite that was not included in my list, but I think you'll love her. I'm Mm. very excited because I haven't watched her episodes in a while. Anyway... If you would like to interact with me and Jamie on social media at all, you can always find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPigsPod. I think it would be really fun to go and talk to her about why or why not Dean is Ben's biological father. Join me (laughs) on the Twitter. So whether or not you think Dean is Ben's biological dad, whether you think he's not, go have that discussion. Just play around with headcanons. Obviously, like, you know. This episode specifically, let's point to the evidence. Because I haven't seen any other episodes with him, so please don't spoil it for me. Yes, please no spoilers for Ben or Lisa. Okay, and if you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her on the Tumblers <laughs> at Driver Picks the Podcast. And, like, let's send us all of our knowledge about, like, Shifter versus Changeling versus, like, Vampire Law. Like, how does it all tessellate together? Like, What's related to what, how closely, like how much genetic DNA matches. Yeah, and obviously I've seen through season six, so if you have seen through season six... Send her spoilers galore. (laughs) And you know what sort of plot arc I'm talking about when it comes to sort of the procreation of these monsters. That sounds like a yikes moment. Let's let's chat about it because I think think it's really interesting. I think that just about does it. So thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we have you back again next week for... Bad day at Black Rock. We'll see you then. Black Rock, the mace, you have a bad day. <laughs> Bye! Um, Always gotta add some bullshit. So, look, it's not a rock, but you're right. What? <laughs> <laughs>